Are you one of the thousands of people who have added to their family through adoption? How do you sort out all of the resources, unravel the myths, and get started? Welcome to Adoption Unscripted with Micah Johnson. On our show, we introduce you to the families, the adoptees, and the experts who can answer any questions you may have to make this the wonderful experience that it truly is. Now, here is your host, Micah Johnson. Okay, we're back with another episode of the Adoption Unscripted Radio. Happy Friday, everyone. Thanks for spending this Friday morning with me. I'm Micah, your host. Hope everyone has had a fantastic week. Actually, it's a little bit rainy here in Nashville today, but it's been super hot, so I guess we will take it. I can't believe that, and this is, I'm speaking to my folks in Nashville today. I can't believe that we are going back to school in less, well, about a week from Monday, and it is still ridiculously hot outside. Um, I know a couple of friends of mine who are probably listening who are very sad right now. So cheer up, Josh and Layla. It's going to be fine. Go school. Go fifth grade. That's my niece and nephew. They're going to fifth grade this year and they're super excited. Or they will be when school starts. I, However, I know a couple of parents who are not sad at all, ready to go. So if you guys missed our show last week, it was awesome. We had Shannon Murphy Johnson. Actually, she was on our first two shows. Shannon is um, she is an adoption consultant with A Step Ahead Adoption Services, and she was awesome. She answered all of our questions. She was so thorough um, with her answers, and. We got so much uh, wonderful feedback from listeners about Shannon. So, Shannon, if you're listening, girl, thank you so much. Thanks again for coming on the show. Now, if you did miss the show last week, remember that we do our shows go into an evergreen podcast. So after this show, you can find the show um, on iTunes. You can find it on Stitcher and you can find it on Google Play. Just type in Adoption or Adoption Unscripted. You can also find the show here on our Voice America network at voiceamerica.com. Just type in Micah Johnson or Adoption Unscripted. It'll take you to my host page. You can find all the shows there as well. And you can find them on our brand new super snazzy website, adoptionunscripted.com. And on the website, you can ask questions of our guests. You can look at um, for uh, future shows. You can chat with me or ask me a question. And you can also download the episodes from that website as well and listen to them. So if you are a podcast junkie like myself and you like to listen to podcasts when you're walking your dog or when you're exercising or cleaning house, um, you can certainly do that with Adoption Unscripted as well. So today's show is a topic that is very, very near and dear to me. We're talking all things foster care today. Um, I have I work with um, a lot of children um, who have who are in foster care. I so many uh, kids in foster care there, and I got to spend a lot of time with them, and I got to know them, and I got to know their their foster parents as well. And so many children in foster care are. The goal of foster care, for some of you who don't know, is reunification. So that's the goal. So when you when you get children and they come to your home, they're in foster care. The goal is for their parents to work their plan and for them to be able to return to their parents or their primary caregiver. However, that's not always the case. And sometimes 
the children cannot go um, back home and so or back to their parents. And so that's when the children are allowed to be um, adopted. Sometimes they're adopted by their foster parent that they're living with currently. And sometimes they're adopted by another parent. I wanted to give you um, a couple of stats. When I was doing research for the show, um, I found out some things that I didn't know before. So um, in most states, not all, but in most states, you have to be 21 years old to be a foster parent. Um, I believe our guest is going to maybe debunk that because I think he may have been a foster parent a little bit earlier than that. But in most states, you have to be 21 years old. You have to pass a criminal background check to be a foster parent. You have to have some source of income. Um, you have to um, have a car. Um, I'm not sure if you have to have a car. You have to have reliable transportation. If you're living in somewhere like New York City or something like that, maybe you don't need a car. Or they have public transportation in Washington, D.C., places like that. That's pretty reliable. And you have to pass a home study. We talked about home studies with Shannon last week. Um but you have to have a home study for foster care as well. Also, um, here's some stats. Um, the Child Welfare Agency did a study in 2015, and here are some findings from that study. Over 400,000 children were in foster care in 2015. 30% of those are in the homes of relatives. 45% were placed with non-relatives. About half of those, 55%, were able to um, have reunification with their primary caregiver or their parent. Um, Of the 240,000 some odd children who were left in foster care in 2015, 51% of them were reunited with parents, 22% were adopted. Um, 9% were emancipated. I'm going to ask our guests what that means. I'm thinking that means maybe they aged out of the program. And uh, the remaining percent, I think it's around 20%, um, went to live with uh, guardians, relatives, or had other outcomes. Other outcomes sounds rather ominous. And maybe we can talk with our guest about what that means as well. So, Our guest today is Barry Farmer. I actually met Barry because he um, started a Facebook group uh, for adoptive, for foster parents who are adopting and and foster parents who are fostering. That group has been exploding since I joined uh, probably about two months ago. And um, I can say from someone who is a member of the group that it is awesome. Um, It provides so much support for everyone that's Um, In the group, we're going to discuss with Barry the difference between a support group and a discussion group because he had to tell me what that was. I wasn't really clear on that myself. Um, Barry is the father of three beautiful sons that he adopted through foster care. You will let Barry will tell you that he is a pretty young dad uh, and he started this foster care journey when he was a very young man and he has three sons, as I've said. So, Barry, are you with me? Yes, I'm here. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. Just as an aside, Barry and I were talking about live radio just before I came on the show. (laughs) And then my telephone rings. So there you go. 
Okay. Yes. So welcome to live radio, Barry, and welcome to Adoption Unscripted. All righty. Oh, thanks for inviting me, Micah. Oh, you are so, so welcome. You're so welcome. I have been so excited about um, you being on this show. We've talked several times. Barry has a very, very interesting story. So we have a couple of minutes before we take our first break. Barry, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started as a foster parent, and how you became the proud father of three? Sure. Um, I actually grew up in kinship care. Uh, My grandmother raised me from the age of five up until I moved out at age 19. So after I moved out, I had the bright idea that I wanted to become a uh, foster parent. So around the age of 20, as I was working in a childcare center, I was getting all the experience that I could possibly get working with those multiple ages. Um, I actually saw an ad in the paper, and I called the number and I asked, um, could I, you know, be considered to be a foster parent? I didn't let them know my age at the time, so I just went in for the interview and interviewed with the director, and, you know, during that course of that interview, she asked me my age, and I told her I'm only 20. And she looked at me like I had five heads. <laughs> so <laughs> I, um, I, she, she had a lot of confidence in me. Um, after we did an interview, and I told her about my, um, my upbringing, and, you know, um, my morals and my values, and she pushed forward and uh, actually let me become a foster parent. Um, I actually, she was actually very upfront with me and letting me know that since I was so young, I probably wouldn't be getting placement right away. <clears throat> So it was, it was quite a, like maybe a year before I got my first placement, which was actually a um, 16-year-old boy. Um, I was only 21. I just turned 21 at the time. Um, so he was a temporary placement. He was actually moved a few months later. And then a month after him, my oldest son um, was placed in my home as an emergency placement um, from a previous foster family. And... Um, he was supposed to be reunified, but unfortunately it didn't work out that way. So um, I ended up adopting him when I was 22 and he was seven. So we, um, we've been growing since then. Um, we actually added two more um, members to our family uh, who are, you know, much like my oldest son, they have their own um, thing as well. They are all Caucasian. Um, I'm African-American which is kind of different. You know, you never, you really don't see that too often, but it is out there. Um, But that's, you know, the short version of how we became a family. Um, It's funny that you say short version, because just in that (laughs) couple of minutes that you said those things, I have written down like a bazillion questions. So um, for you, 20, so you were 21 when you, adopted your first son from foster care. Is that what you said? 22. 22. 22. Mm-hmm. And how old was your son when you first adopted him? Him? He was seven at the time, going on eight. Seven going on eight. Wow. So mm-hmm. that was probably um, an experience for you. I can only imagine. And Yeah, it was, it was kind of new having someone in your home 24-7 that young. Um, right. <laughs> both of us being young, you know. Did you um, ever anticipate, and I'm going to, actually, I'm going to ask this question, and then we're going to mm-hmm. take a break because I want you to think about it. But the question is, okay. did you ever anticipate from 
going from fostering to adopting from foster care so quickly? Because that wasn't a really long time between you starting your foster, getting, and I'm sure you had to do training, and we'll get into some of that as well. But there wasn't, what, maybe a year or so between your first foster placement and you having your son come, that came to your home that you would eventually mm-hmm. adopt. Wow, that, that's a lot, of, a lot that went on in a very short period of time. So we are going to take a break. Uh, this is Adoption Unscripted. I am Micah Johnson. We're talking to Barry Farmer. He is the uh, adopted father of three sons that, he, um, that came to him through foster care. And we're going to have a fantastic conversation. We have a lot to talk about. So we will see you guys on the other side. Stay with us. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America Business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to Adoption Unscripted with Micah Johnson. If you'd like to reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to hello at adoptionunscripted.com. Now back to the program. Okay, everyone, we are back. You're listening to Adoption Unscripted Radio on Voice America. This is Micah Johnson, your host, and I am talking with Barry Farmer. Barry is the proud father of three sons that he adopted through foster care. So, Barry, when we left off, mm-hmm. you were we were talking about how things changed for you so quickly because you were a young man and you had... Um, started your journey to foster, being a foster parent, and 
So you had one placement. He was 16. He stayed with you for how long? He was there about six months. About six months. Okay. Yeah. And then how long after that did you get the placement that would become your first son? It was exactly about a month later. A month later. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so what do you do when your social worker mm-hmm. comes to you and says, uh, knock, 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 I have another placement for you. It's a seven-year-old uh, son from an emergency placement. Well, How was that? When it's, some, when, it's like, when it's like that, you really don't get as much information as you need, um, if, especially if it's an emergency. Um, I didn't even have an idea that he was white because when they called me, uh, they were just like, I have a seven-year-old. We need you to visit. Um, if you're interested, go meet him. And it was over the weekend. So everything was supposed to move extremely quick. So I was supposed to go meet him make a decision right then and there. Um, and I did, that's exactly what happened. By the end of the week, he was moving in. And it doesn't leave you a lot of time to prepare. Um, it leaves you a nervous wreck because you don't know what to expect, especially if it's someone that is not the same culture as you and you don't know how to prepare. Exactly. Um, exactly. exactly you know, for that. Mm-hmm. So um, me being young and not, I've been working with kids for a few years at that point. I really had never worked with a white child before because I worked in a very urban area. So I had a lot to learn very quickly. And I used my friends who were white um, to help guide me with that placement. And they were very, very helpful and very supportive um, during that time. Um, But it doesn't leave you a lot of time to prepare when it's it's an emergency placement and they need an answer right then and there. So you you have to go with your, your your gut and say, you know, just go for it. Right. I mean, I think that that's one of the, I was thinking about what characteristics do foster mm-hmm. parents have to have. And one mm-hmm. of those is flexibility and, yes. and the ability to act in a moment, you know, just go with your gut and be flexible and jump in um, and not have a lot of answers. And I don't want to get into my questions because I have so many of them, but I, mm-hmm. but I want to get back to because you have two other sons that also yes. came to you from foster care. So tell me about the other two boys and well, how they second, came to you. Okay, my second placement uh, actually came from out of state. He was actually from Pennsylvania. I, um, I was having a hard time getting a match here while I lived in Virginia. Because when you want to get a match, you want to get a match with a child that, um, that complements and that's, that goes along with behaviors and, you know, everything else that right. is going on right. around you. And I was having a hard time finding someone that was close in age. So that's what I wanted um, him to have. That's what he expressed that he wanted to have, someone close in age with him to, um, you know, conversate with and play with. So we were having a hard time. So I actually decided to jump on the Internet and go to um, Adopt U.S. Kids and look through the photo listings. And... Um, we found I was on that site for at least a year before I even got matched. And once I got matched with him, it probably took another year um, because he was in a treatment um, center mm-hmm. um, because he he had ran through all of the placements that he had previously. But I had, I felt that confidently that he would work if he was in a family setting of some sort, right. whether mm-hmm. it be single parent or um, a couple. 
long as he had that support system that he needed. So I actually went to um, travel to Pennsylvania to see him and meet with him um, very briefly. It was like a two-hour visit, but I had heard a lot about him through his social worker. She would kept me updated for about a year before I met him. Um, so I felt confident about going to meet him um, in Pennsylvania. Uh, that process took so long. It took at least nine months to get him moved in after the initial meeting between me, me and him. Wow. Nine yeah. months is a long so, time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so between for six months, I actually traveled every two weeks to go see him. Um, for just two hours, I mean, before the day, me and my son would go spend the day with him. We went to spend his birthday with him and brought him some gifts from the family and everything like that. Um, but the ICPC process was so long, and it began to frustrate the child as well because he thinks he has a family now and he can't get to the uh, get to them. So right. um, we pressed forward, and we started in January, and by September. He, at the end of September, actually, he actually got moved in. Okay. Um, in the in the middle of that, while he was just getting here and getting settled, I get another call about doing a respite <laughs> for a little four-year-old, and I decided to do the respite, and it became a very frequent respite, um, <laughs> to say the least. But uh, his current um, caregiver was um, currently going back to school. She was an older woman who wasn't really interested in adopting and this child, particular child's um, parental rights had already been terminated. So they asked me that I would I consider adopting him. And of course I talked to the older two who are already here to make sure that they were comfortable with right. another addition and someone that young. And they agreed. They had very good reason to agree because they, they told me that they wouldn't deny anyone a home because they oh. know how it feels. So we all agreed to, you know, take him in, and we made him a part of our family as well. So that's how we, that's how the other two came along, because he was from our state, and he just so happened to show up. <laughs> so now, so so you are how old with the, with the three sons at this point? Uh, right now, my oldest is fifteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, my middle son is thirteen, mm-hmm. and my youngest is seven. Wow. Okay. So, wow. So there, you have you have a representation of all groups <laughs> in your house, right? You have you have yes. you have all of that. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so I the, one of the things that that you said, and I want I want you to clarify what this means. Mm-hmm. You said something about the ICPC process. Is that am I saying that correctly? Yes, correct. What what is the ICPC process? The ICPC process is like a, um, it's, a, it's called the Interstate Compact. And what they do is it's, it allows foster children who are needing to be adopted to cross state lines. And, with, and it's like a sort of an agreement between the states of who will provide what services until the um, date of adoption. And, they, and it's a lot of legal, it's a very long, drawn-out process of, you know, negotiations, and, and this, this is just going on between the states. It really has nothing to do with the the, um, the parents. It's, it's about who's going to be um, taking care of what while the child is out of state. Um, who's and going to be providing the super, Yeah, who's going to be providing that, the supervision and everything. Mm-hmm. And that can take, that, that can be a lengthy process. That can be a lengthy it process. Can, because mm-hmm. some of the paperwork has to go through the court system. They have to approve the, um, to go across state lines. 
Um, so, you know, you get your court date, then you wait for the court date to get the approval, and that's probably the biggest challenge, waiting on the court date so they can just sign off on the papers and, you know, it's a very tough process, but if you're willing to um, wait it out, it's very rewarding because you will get uh, your child um, in the end who needs a home. Right. So I think that, um, you know, there, there's, a, there's something that I call the curse of knowledge. And mm-hmm. that's when, when that's when someone who has so much information about a topic mm-hmm. is talking, those of us who don't have as much information are like, I'm sorry, what? What was that? What did you say? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and you are very knowledgeable about this, this subject matter. So we're going to go ahead and jump into our questions. We have about four minutes before the break. So we're going to okay. go ahead and jump into some of these questions so that folks like me can catch up um, to folks like you. Okay, so I can tell you also, Barry, we had several folks who sent in questions and um, because I think that with, and you and I have talked about this too, with international adoption, not Mm -hmm. where it used to be, we have, um, and domestic adoption being the option now for people who are trying to grow their family, we have a lot of um, folks that are newly interested in adoption from foster care. And um, so we have a whole group of people who are just kind of doing um, doing their due diligence, researching, and trying to get their questions mm-hmm. answered. So that's why it's so awesome that you're here. So we have about right. three minutes. I'm going to ask this first question, and you kind of already answered it, but so this should be an easy one. Um, it's, can you determine the age of the child or children that you foster? Oh, absolutely. Uh, when you go in initially to do your paperwork and you fill out the application, the application has a few things on that that um, determines your comp- how comfortable you are with certain children. And one of them is about the age. So if you're, you know, some people are very drawn to the infants. They want infants. So if you want to be a foster parent who wants to take in infants, then you can only you can say that on your application that I'm only interested in taking in infants. Me, as I when I was filling out my uh, application, I was only comfortable with school-age children because I could understand them better. I can communicate with them better. Um, I feel that I could do, get a lot more a lot more things done with a school-age child. They fit right into my schedule since I work inside the school system. So uh, that was my whole thing about choosing the ages from 6 to 12. So you put a lot of thought into this. I I, mm-hmm. I remember you saying a moment ago that when you went to get, when you were going to foster your second child, that mm-hmm. you wanted someone that was, that would be a complement to mm-hmm. your family as it was, as it, as it was yeah. then. What's, what I think is interesting um, is that, I think I did some research and I saw um, I think it was a Donaldson Adoption Institute said that the average age of a child in foster care is eight years old. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I know that a lot of people go into foster care to look for, you know, and want to foster infants with the hope of of adopting them. Okay. But mm-hmm. but by mm-hmm. far, most of the children in foster care are school age. So um, that's something that people need to consider when thinking about adopting from foster care. We are going to take our second break and come back with questions from Barry Farmer, um, adopted father of three boys from foster care. This is Micah Johnson, and you're listening to Adoption Unscripted Radio on the Voice America Network, and we will see you back on the other side. 
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. You are tuned in to Adoption Unscripted with Micah Johnson. If you'd like to reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to hello at adoptionunscripted.com. Now back to the program. Okay, we are back with Adoption Unscripted. This is Micah Johnson, and we are talking to Barry Farmer. Barry is the adopted father of three sons from foster care. Okay, Barry, so the next question that we have, someone wanted to ask, can the prospective adoptive um, foster parent, can the prospective foster parent get any details as to why the child is in foster care? Like why there's a placement needs to be made? I think that's dependent on the situation. If you're lucky, you do. Um, but most, more than likely, you would just get the um, background of the child and their behaviors, if there are any. If there's an emergency placement, you probably won't be getting as much information uh, as you would like. You would just be having to make that decision of whether you're willing to um, take in the child or not, or you have space. But as far as getting any, you know, details, details, you probably... I would say no, just the information about the um, child initially, and then as the social worker visit, they will get you updated on um, certain situations that are go- that is going on with the um, biological parents and where they stand mm-hmm. in, their pro- in their process of reunification. Okay, so when you say emergency placement, mm-hmm. what... What kind of time are we talking about? Are you talking about emergency where someone calls you and says, I'll bring a child to your home in 24 hours? Or are you mm-hmm. talking someone saying, I'll bring a child to your home in two hours? 
I'm talking both. Both. <laughs> both. Yeah, both. You, you, both. Know, you never know when you're going to get that call as a foster parent of, we have a placement, are you available? So, you right. know, it could be, I can I have them there in an hour, or I, I will be there Tuesday. So, you know, there's it, no timeline set in foster care. Either you're ready or you're not. Right. So we're going back to that. Foster parents need to be flexible. We're going back. Mm-hmm. Back to that. Exactly. Um, uh, I agree with that. Amen. Okay, the second question, and you've touched on this, but we're going to go ahead um, and ask it, is can you request a specific race or turn down a specific race of a child in foster care? Yes, you can. Oh, that, that goes back to your application of what you are comfortable with um, taking care of in your home. Some are absolutely only with their, what they're familiar with, like only the race that they are. So me, when I filled out my application, I actually checked every box on the application of what I was willing to accept. Um, as far as the behaviors that are actually on the application as well, I checked out the behaviors that I was willing to accept as well. So you do have a lot of choices to make while you're sitting there filling out your application. Um, so it wasn't, it won't really leave you a, um, opportunity to turn down anything. They will already know, you know, what, what, what to expect from you when they give you that call. Okay. So you're able to be as specific as you, mm-hmm. you need to be with, within your own comfort level and yeah. how you um, can parent the child that comes into your home. And I think yeah. that folks should be, you know, and you know, I'm a cultural consultant and I work with parents mm-hmm. who've adopted transracially. And I always tell people, do what you know in your heart you're capable of doing. Don't mm-hmm. feel like you have to do anything because at exactly. the end of the day, what you want is to be able to parent this child um, and mm-hmm. give them what they need. And that's based mm-hmm. on, you know, what you can and cannot do. And I, I, I agree with that 100%. Do what's most comfortable for yourself so that you can parent the child. Yeah. Okay. Our next question is from Jessica. And she says, are there services that the state offers your foster child, for example, health insurance, counseling, or therapy, and tutoring? Absolutely. All of, all of the above. Um, when, your child, when you have a child in foster care, the goal is to make sure they are, um, they're, they're being well taken care of. So, you know, you're definitely going to get your um, health care. You're definitely going to try to get your counseling and your therapy in. And tutoring is a plus because you do have funds set aside for certain educational needs as well. So, you know, you're going to, they're going to make sure the child is, you know, staying on track and getting the services that they need. And it's probably up to your child's social worker to set all of those things up once you make them aware that they need to be um, put in place. Now, you mentioned this, the child's social worker. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have any personal experience with um, foster care or fostering a child, but... Mm-hmm. I do hear that sometimes there is um, there can be a lag between you getting services for your child or you getting mm-hmm. the um, the response from your social worker. You can mm-hmm. only speak to your experience, of course. But what has your experience been with getting um, the response from your social worker or getting these services? Are, are they readily available? Can you get them as soon as you ask for them, or do you have to advocate for your child to get those services? 
Well, what I did, I went through a therapeutic foster agency, so that means I had extra caseworkers case working with me that worked with the social worker. So if I expressed to my caseworker that the child needs X, Y, Z, they would relay that message and try to get a response as soon as possible. So, you know, having them, you know, having them go in between doesn't really frustrate me. It, you know, they are welcome. They call these particular people to keep supervision on the child. So, of course, they will have to answer that child, uh, the, um, that caseworker as soon as possible because they're doing their job. Right. Right. And that's a hard job. I have, I have some friends, mm-hmm. um, and folks that I work with with our with our um, company, and and that's a hard job. They don't just mm-hmm. have one child that they're working with. Sometimes they have several children that they're working with, and this isn't yeah. a very this is an emotional job. I mean, yeah. I don't think that people stop to consider what these caseworkers come in contact with every single day, having to mm-hmm. remove these children who are in some type of traumatic issue. Sometimes mm-hmm. in the middle of in the middle of the night, sometimes away from their parent who they don't want to leave, and exactly. so that it's a very emotional job. Um, I'm sure that some some would say it's a thankless job because um, foster care doesn't always get a good rap all the no. time. Um, I've heard some folks say that the foster care system is broken, and I don't mm-hmm. want to say that it's broken, Barry. What I want to say is it's a work in progress, like most mm-hmm. things. Like most things. Um, yes. I have a question that I think um, is a concern for some mm-hmm. folks that are, are considering foster. How much contact do you have with the birth parents? How much contact do you have with the children's parents who are, the children who are living in your home, their parents? Mm-hmm. I personally don't have any experience in that, uh, in that field. Uh, dealing with uh, birth parents because my kids come to already um, parental rights already terminated terminated so you know I, I probably wouldn't be the best person to handle that uh, question today you know I um I um was on this the in the Facebook group in our Facebook group mm-hmm. um, that mm-hmm. you're the admin of and I saw there was a post that was saying something about having to meet. Um, take their child to meet their birth parents and mm-hmm. that it can be a stressful situation um, that sometimes mm-hmm. the child can come back and they're very emotional and very distraught. Mm-hmm. I was at a um, conference in Nashville last year, foster care conference, and there was a, a, a woman that came up to me and she was talking some, to me about her her foster son's hair and the woman mm-hmm. was um, white and her son was foster son was biracial and we were having a discussion about hair and she said that she took the um the little boy to visit his mom and mm-hmm. when the mom saw her with this with the child the mom got very upset because she had gotten the child's haircut because she wanted mm-hmm. him to look nice to go see his mom and um the mom went off about how you know that's not how they cut their hair and um she didn't like that and she wished she would ask her first so i as I said, I don't have any experience with working with, with um, mm-hmm. birth parents, but I can I imagine it can be stressful on both ends mm-hmm. for the parent who is not able to parent their child. No matter what the mm-hmm. reason, that cannot be a good place to be, uh, I can imagine. And then for the foster parent who's just trying to do the best that they can for the child that's in their home. So I can imagine that um, it can be stressful either way. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, let's see where we are. Our next question is about disruption. If a placement Mm -hmm. doesn't work out, can you disrupt it? And is that something that happens often? Or is it something that, you know, I think one one of the fears is that when you bring a child into your home, what if it doesn't work out? What are your options? Yeah, your options are you, you do have the option to disrupt because when you when you initially get a placement, even if you get um, some details, you don't there are some things that come out later that you weren't aware of and and it might go above your comfort comfortability level that um, you know, you weren't prepared for. So if you express that to your, your worker and say that, you know, I wasn't aware of this um, particular behavior or some other issues have arisen then, you know, if it's, a, if it's going to affect your family, um, your immediate family in the household, you might want to uh, consider that disruption, even though, you know, sometimes it's frowned upon, but it is within good reason. And I don't really see an issue with um, disrupting and possibly placing in another home that can better fit the child's needs. Right. Um because you never know, like you said, sometimes you don't get a lot of information when the child comes, mm-hmm. and and sometimes I guess it just doesn't work out, and and it and the child might be better off with another another family. So, mm-hmm. I I think that that's something that sometimes um, makes folks hesitate when they're thinking about fostering because they don't have a lot of information, and we know these kids come from a state of trauma that mm-hmm. it, that if it doesn't work out and they would be better off in another home, is that is that possible? Is that possible? Um, mm-hmm. We have about two minutes left, so I'm going to try to um, get this this question in. So, the question is with regards to a child becoming available for adoption. How long do um, children typically stay in a home in in your home before adoption? Mm-hmm. Uh, did or does you that vary? Yes, ma'am. Um, it usually requires a six-month um, window, just to be mm-hmm. sure. Even if the child's been in your home for like a year or so, you still have that six months that you would need to continue fostering before the adoption is finalized. Okay. So, the, so even even if a child a parent has had its parental rights terminated, mm-hmm. that child is a, is available to go to a forever home. However, mm-hmm. they, there's a waiting period that they require around six months for the child to just, I guess, live with you and see how, if that fits, yeah. if that works. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Got, it. Got it. All right. So we are coming up on our next break. And when we come back, we have a couple more questions. And then we're going to talk about the your support group and um, okay. how that goes and what folks can look for and what they can get from being a part of that group. Because I, I think it's awesome. And um I see so many people that walk away feeling like they've been helped. So we're going to talk about that as soon as we come back. So you guys stay tuned and we will be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Aliens with Gas, we are the extraterrestrial rock show airing every Saturday afternoon on the VoiceAmerica.com variety channel. <laughs> Whatever happens out and about, it kind of dictates our conversation. For sure. And we like to tie in a little bit of the past and obviously keep it real current. And real current was a couple nights ago right here in Phoenix. A phenomenon happened. On Thursday night. Phenomenon. Do, 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 do. <laughs> phenomenon. Do, 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 do. Phenomenon. Do, do. All right, never mind. <laughs> That's every Saturday right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned in to Adoption Unscripted with Micah Johnson. If you'd like to reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to hello at adoptionunscripted.com. Now back to the program. Hello, you're listening to Adoption Unscripted Radio. We're talking with Barry Farmer, um, father of three sons. He adopted through foster care. Barry, we have one more question for you, and I think it is a pretty important question. It's something that there's a little bit of confusion on when it comes to foster care and fostering children. And it, it the question is, do you get uh, compensated, or is there a stipend that parents receive when they foster children? Uh, yes, it is. Um, you do get uh, your stipend from your agency, um, it, whether it's private or um, public agency. They, um, it all it all based on the child's needs. Um, so that that is, you know, is usually used for the child uh, to provide, you know, for extracurricular activities, clothes, um, outings, things like that. And you would need to provide. Um, receipts <laughs> to show that you are, you know, using the funds as needed. Uh, not every county and every state has the same rate or, you know, uh, uh, same going rate as the next. So you would, you know, make sure that you understand how things work in your particular county. So there is a, there is a stipend. It depends, mm-hmm. like most things, on where you live, the county or the mm-hmm. city or the state that you live in, and mm-hmm. you do have and you do have to show receipts that you are spending this money on the child. Which I think I didn't know that, mm-hmm. and I think that is I think that's pretty awesome. I didn't know that you had to have a certain accountability 
for mm-hmm. that. I don't, and I don't think that a lot of other folks knew that as well. So that's that's a pretty, and and it, that's the way it should be. You know that yeah. it, it should abs- it should absolutely be that way. The money is for is for the children. Okay, yeah. so now if we can take a few minutes to talk about this awesome group that you have on Facebook. Like I said, I joined the group about two months about two months ago, Barry. Did I join the group? Mm-hmm. I think. Yes. And um, so. when I joined the group, I don't. I, I well, I can say this. I checked out the numbers yesterday because I knew I wanted to mention this on the show. The group has mm-hmm. grown exponentially in a very short period of time. Um, there are a lot of folks who are interested in talking with other people who are going through something similar. I think mm-hmm. that there may not be a lot of opportunity for support after um, you foster, and people are mm-hmm. looking for online groups to be able to provide that support. And that's what you are giving them. You are you are giving them this needed online support. Tell me why um, you decided to start this group. Well, I actually started it because after I adopted my first um, son, there wasn't anything available post adoption that that I could, uh, people who I could talk to and ask questions of or. Get gain uh, more knowledge or information. So I did join a few other groups, but they weren't as active as I would hope they would be. Or um, so once I opened the group, it slowly grew, and we still everyone slowly um, started talking to each other and giving advice and you know sharing you know those cool stories about their day and things like that. And it was something that I really needed, and I think everyone that was involved at the time. I'm really needed. So we ended up, we're, we're growing really fast, and I really can't explain why. But um, that me starting that group was so we, anyone who had questions going into foster care or going into a foster care to adoption could get those things answered rather quickly than they probably could if they wanted to reach out to their caseworker or a social worker or friends who may have done it that they are so busy that they can't get in contact with. So it's a really great resource for those who are prospective and post-adoption. It is. Mm It is. It's a great resource. And I can answer that question. You said that it's growing and you really don't know why. I think I can tell you why. Because, um, not that you (laughs) asked me, but I think I can tell you why. I think it's because, like you said, there's not a lot of post-adoption support. And you find Mm -hmm. that across, it runs a gamut. It doesn't really matter how you adopt, if you adopt internationally, if you adopt domestically, if you adopt through foster care. Unfortunately, there is not a lot of post-adoption support. And I think that what I've seen on the group is that sometimes folks pop on there to talk about, um, you know, an issue that they have or a question that they have. Sometimes they just pop on there to tell a cute story about mm-hmm. their day or to share a resource or to comfort someone else or give support mm-hmm. to someone else that's, that's having a bad day. And um, what I, one of the things that I think is so great is that people will post something and someone will come on there lickety-split and give them mm-hmm. support or an answer. So that is fantastic. If folks want to um, find out more about the group, Barry, we can we can go on Facebook. What what's the name of your group? It is called the Foster Care and Adoption Life Community. 
adopt, I always leave the life part out. That's why I wanted to make sure that you gave it. Adopt foster care and adoption life community. And what you'll need mm-hmm. to do is you'll need to go on a Facebook, and it is a private community. So you yeah. will ask for to ask to join. Uh, Barry asks you a couple of questions, and then once he gets the questions answered from you, he will uh, approve you, and you can be a part of the group. Once you're in there, please say hi to me and Barry because we want to know that you're in there. Barry, will you come back again and talk to us a little bit more? You know I'm a transracial consultant, so we're going to dive deep into the fact that you are a black man and have adopted three white children. Um, That's a hot topic for me. So can you come back maybe later on and talk a little bit more with us about that? Absolutely. That is no problem. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Barry Farmer, for joining us today. I have been looking forward to this show for quite some time. I really, really appreciate it. And you will see me in the group. All right. All right. Thanks so much. So, guys, before we... Before we end the show, I wanted to give an update. So here in that, if you're in the Nashville area, we have our annual foster care, annual foster parent conference. It's going to be September the 8th through the 10th in Murfreesboro, Tennessee at the Embassy Suites. I had actually attended this conference last year and it was absolutely fabulous. We got so much, I got so much good information. I met so many wonderful, wonderful people. Um, so please check that out. You can get information about the conference if you go on the tfaca.net website. That's www.tfaca.net website. You can also go on the tennessee.gov website. They have information about that as well. I think the conference starts on Friday and goes through Sunday. And I will be at the conference. Um, I'm going to be tagging on to a a speaker, a great friend of mine who will also be on the show. Her name is Amy Ford, and she's written a fantastic book, and we're going to talk about that. And she's asked me to pop in and do a little bit of talking about transracial adoption. So you will see me there, and um, maybe we'll do an interview or something, which would be fantastic and really cool. Okay, and also, um, if you want to pop on our website at adoptionunscripted.com, we will have um, all the links that we spoke about today. We will have a link to the foster care conference. We will have more information about Barry's um, support group on Facebook. And we will also have information about the, sh- the show for next week. Next week, we're going to interview um, a transracial adoptee. He's going to tell us about his experience. He has also written a book. His name is Kevin Hoffman, and his book is Growing Up Black and White. And he has a fantastic story to share. So thank you guys so much for joining me. It looks like the sun is coming out a little bit in Nashville, so I'm going to get out here and enjoy this awesome day. You guys have a fabulous, fabulous weekend, and I will see you back here next Friday. Take care. Thanks for joining us for Adoption Unscripted. We hope you'll tune in for another edition of the program with your host, Micah Johnson, next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific week. 